Well, hello everyone, and welcome back to Bougie Best Friend Podcast. I'm your host Coco or Cornelia, and I wanted to say thank you for everyone listening. For those of you tuning in for the very first time, thank you for being here. Thank you for being a part of the Bougie Bestie community, and all of you guys have been around for a while. I see you, and I really appreciate you, and I love reading your comments and reviews. And I actually wanted to read a review that I just got from Dasha or Dasya. Review goes like this: Coco is amazing. Coco is awesome. She breaks down every little thing that a divine feminine should know. I do like her perspective on dating and honoring yourself as such. Also, I do love how she supports everyone having respect from others and just always surrounding herself with other women who sound very sweet and goal driven. Thank you for this amazing review. You made me blush. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I see all of your review, reviews and I see all of your comments. So, I wanted to just give you a little thank you before we jump into the episode. Feel free to join our bougie bestie community. It's like a group chat, but it's not really a group chat. It's like a platform for everybody to connect, and it's separated by various groups from like cities to. Uh, different interests to different careers women have is like a it's like your big group chat and I really love it. It's totally free to join. Let me see if I have any other updates on my end. I'm still selling my merch. Go to bougiebestie.com to grab your hats. A few of them are sold out already, but there's still some left. I have a coupon for free shipping for you. It just put in the code Coco loves me. I repeat, it's Coco Loves Me, Coco with a K. So use that if you want free shipping on your merch. Um, I'm still doing everything myself. So like if something is delaying a little bit, I do apologize. <laughs> but I'm just like a one human show. Before we jump into the episode, I wanted to mention that I've noticed that 70% of you who are listening to the episode are not following the show so like you're not subscribed to the show so you don't get automatic updates about the episodes and if you can please just hit that follow button or subscribe depending on where you're listening to your podcast that would mean so much to me okay today's episode is with Liz Boss you might have seen her videos on TikTok and Instagram she has a huge following among all platforms and recently she created a podcast called Date Yourself Instead in this episode Liz and I were discussing a highly requested topic, highly requested conversation, and that is how to get over a heartbreak and how to finally step back into your power, how to own your worth and how to just like heal from a heartbreak. And we both shared a lot of our personal experiences and some tangible steps that you can take today if you're going through a heartbreak and even if you're not going through a heartbreak and you just want to hear two girls you know open their souls and share about their own experiences and you're definitely definitely going to learn something from this episode it was so powerful you know it's funny we're all so different but when we're going through a heartbreak <laughs> all of our pain seems to be very relatable so and a little reminder to please leave a five-star rating and a review if you're enjoying the episodes. Now let's hear from Liz. Hi, Liz, boss. Welcome Hello. to Bougie Best Friend <laughs> Podcast. Thank you for having me. I'm very excited. First of all, is that your real name? I always wanted to ask you that. Um, Like Liz Boss? Yeah. So my name's Alyssa Bossio. I love it. I don't... Like no one really knows that actually. I don't think that's like public information, <laughs> but um, yeah, now you know, I guess. So I, it's not like a secret. It's just, um, mm -hmm. I, so everyone like growing up, like called me Liz. So it was mm -hmm. just like my nickname. And um, there was always like a play on my last name for like family things. Like my dad's company was like boss, like boss, mm -hmm. like he has like boss. a car company mm -hmm. and it was just like a thing. Like people call me Liz boss in high school. So just kind of I stuck love with it. me. And then I'm like, I feel like it's more brandable. So it's I'm just so brandable. I absolutely yeah. love your name. Yeah. And Thank I'm you. so happy to have you here. And I'm so happy to yeah. talk about your podcast and all the things that you're doing in the dating world. Thank you very much. A lot of my friends are following you, listening to you. Everybody loves your podcast. So they were like excited to listen to you on my podcast. Oh, amazing. Okay. Okay. Tell me, Liz, <laughs> where are you from? Where did you grow up? You just mentioned uh, you, uh, how big is your family? Like, tell me a little bit about your background. 
Okay, so I'm from Long Island, New York. So it's like 40 minutes outside of Manhattan. Um, and yeah, I mean, I actually have a pretty small family. I know people who have like 100 cousins. I literally have like two cousins. That's a fun fact <laughs> about me. I don't really have a big family. It's just, my, just like my parents and my older brothers and like grandparents. And um, I have like a very... I guess like, I don't know, like my background, I don't know if it's that interesting. I'm like 86% Italian, did my 23andMe test. And like, I know like that was like a huge thing for a while. And I thought I was going to come out with like all these different things. Oh my God, you have to do it. Mm. I, I always wanted to say like, oh yeah, like I'm half this and I'm like part this and like whatever, (laughs) because I thought it'd be really cool and like unique and like whatever. And then I found out I was like 100% Italian when I did it. I'm just like, and not you're like, okay. <laughs> I was like, no, and for me, it was like 100. It was like 86% Italian and like 4% Greek. And that's it. I um, know that I'm one quarter Hungarian because my mom had like some cousins there. But I don't think that's, you know, so interesting. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, no, I don't know. Like, I always thought everyone always thought I was Russian for some reason. Like they always tell me I look like yeah. people always tell me, oh, you look like Ukrainian or Russian. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, just just Italian. Um, but yeah, I grew up on Long Island and I have two older brothers that both live in Arizona now. Um, mm-hmm. And my parents still live in New York, but I might be moving to Miami soon. So I'm waiting for that. There. I've been waiting yeah. for that for a while. <laughs> yeah, we definitely have to hang if I end up moving there. So you have a pretty large social media following. How did that happen? Like, did you always post about dating content or did you have anything before? Tell me a little bit about your social media journey. And then we're going to dive into dating 100%. Yes. So I definitely did not post about dating up until like this year, actually. Um, Actually, no, in 2020, I started my TikTok, I started posting my dating stories. But honestly, I started my Instagram when I was 19. And I'm 29 now. So it's been like 10 years. And I was doing a lot of travel content, fitness content. And I was kind of like experimenting with everything for a while. But I really started, I actually started posting my fitness journey when I really like was at the beginning stages and there was no such thing as an influencer yet. Mm -hmm. Um, And over time it just transitioned into travel and lifestyle. And I started working with brands. It obviously took a lot of time. Um, It was like a buildup of like five, six years that I was working on like my content before I really started monetizing it, honestly, like monetizing it to the point where it was like, wow, like this is Mm -hmm. my full-time career probably for the rest of my life. And then COVID hit and I wasn't able to travel anymore. So I transitioned to TikTok. And then I started posting my dating stories as a joke. Like I literally Mm -hmm. didn't think it was going to go viral or anything. But like the first few dating stories I posted all got like 7 million views on the videos. (laughs) And I was like, my like, account went from like, yeah, I I started off doing like dances. Because first of all, I don't dance. It was so embarrassing. But I literally like started posting dancing videos because everyone that's what everybody was doing was it yeah, yeah yeah like yeah. there was charlie no, d'amelio i didn't know what to do like i didn't know how to use tiktok and then and everyone was like oh you need to like start learning these dances and i'm like what the <laughs> f-? like i don't know how to dance so that's gonna be a huge problem <laughs> that's for me. why i never posted um, a single dancing video because that's not just it's just not who i am i don't think no that. it's not i don't <laughs> dance like i was yeah. like mortified like as I was posting I was like about to cry I was like this is so embarrassing (laughs) and then I and then I ended up um I ended up just posting Posting. Mm -hmm. some dating stories and that wasn't a thing on the platform yet like no one was posting voiceovers so tell me tell me about like one of the videos that you posted that blew up so I started experimenting with the voiceover feature on TikTok um, because they always had that even two years Mm -hmm. ago they had like a voiceover button and I didn't see anyone actually using it I it was not on my for you page maybe it was on other people's but I did not see anyone doing voiceovers yet so I was like maybe I should try something different and try to stand out and start telling storytelling through voiceovers um because I think that's what I'm actually good at I'm not good at dancing so like I had no choice (laughs) And then the first video I posted, it was like a, it was a, um, it was a story time of how I got started as an influencer. And 
yeah, I just put together a bunch of clips of me in New York City, like pieces of my life, pieces of my travels, and telling a story. I believe it was a story of how me and my ex-boyfriend um, traveled the world together and like made money from Instagram doing it. And that took off. Like people were so interested in like how we were able to travel. And like, also they were interested in why I was still hanging out with my ex-boyfriend. <laughs> why were became... you still hanging out with your ex-boyfriend? <laughs> well, during, during COVID we, so we were always, we were working together. He was my photographer. Okay. So he, and he's so talented and like, we built like the tr travel brand together. So he was shooting my content and helping me with that. And then yeah, like during COVID, the world shut down and we ended up quarantining together. Mm -hmm. um, but that you was fell so in love. Ago. No, this, we were, it was Oh, you were like, broken up and we, then you yeah, quarantined, yeah, you quarantined yeah. with your ex. Oh my God, how I was did. that? I, I, I quarantined with my ex. <laughs> the thing is, I always say this, like we were never on bad terms. Like it didn't end, the relationship did not end badly. And like, I wish him all the best. And like, nothing mm -hmm. really dramatic happened that ended the relationship. I didn't think, I think we both knew deep down, like it wasn't going to last forever. Um, because we had like a really strong friendship, but it wasn't like, I wasn't like deeply in love with him. And I don't think mm -hmm. he felt the same. I think we were both on the same page with that, but we really cared for each other as people. And, um, yeah, like we just ended up quarantining together because there was nothing to do. And, it just happened, I guess. I don't know. You mentioned something just now. You're like, you knew that you guys are not going to stay together. Yeah. You knew that the whole time you guys were dating. What do you, like, do you think that people should sometimes date people who are maybe not their soulmate or maybe they're not their, like, idea of their perfect partner? What do you think about just like dating somebody, really you know, to entertain yourself, maybe for a little bit, maybe to learn something. Because like, I think, you know, you shouldn't waste your time if you see this is not going anywhere. But at the same time, like you can't really know what you want if you don't try things. Exactly. I think now, I think it depends on what stage you're at in life. So I think if right now that would not work for me, I would want to use my time wisely and kind of like, I know what I'm looking for because I've been through a ton of experiences, but I think you need those experiences to shape you into the person that you should be. And also like to know what you want, as you just said, I think it's so important to gain like wisdom from relationships. So if you are attracted to someone and you feel like a really amazing connection and you try it out, you never really know what's going to happen. You can't predict if you're actually going to be with that person forever or not. I think things change and develop over time in relationships too. So like, I don't think you have anything to lose if you're happy, as long as you're happy, it doesn't matter if you're going to end up with this person or not. Just like the biggest thing is your happiness, right? So if you're miserable and you're with someone that's like not <laughs> good for you, like don't stay obviously, but if you're just enjoying the time you spend with someone and you're happy, like I don't see a problem with that. Yeah. hundred uh, percent. So you were quarantining with your ex-boyfriend to kind of get back on track. And then, uh, <laughs> and then like, how did you, how did you create this brand date yourself instead? I would love to hear about that journey. You started with TikTok content and was that always like something you wanted to do? Did you always wanted to start a podcast and like talk about dating or you kind of just fell into it? I did not think of starting a podcast until this past year. Um, I didn't even know like if it was a real career path. I had no idea what the, I didn't really know a lot about podcasting in general. So mm -hmm. it wasn't really on my mind. Um, but I, I love, I've always loved to like talk and have conversations. So mm -hmm. that's like a passion of mine to like get to know people and like build relationships and like just share my knowledge. So it makes, it just made sense in the long run to start a podcast, but I started the brand because I went through, after the quarantine situation, I met someone else. Okay. Mm -hmm. So we, that fizzled out, whatever. We went back to our own lives as the world started to kind of get a little bit better. I don't know. Like it was. Mm -hmm. So that's the photographer everything. X. He was, he's done now. We're done with him. And then you met somebody else. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, done like. Wish not like best. relationship like, wise yeah. yeah 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 relationship yeah, yeah. wise it was just it was over mm -hmm. um and I ended up getting into a relationship really quickly I met this guy I, I don't know I don't even know how it's possible I met him I this is really cheesy I wrote a letter <laughs> I did this manifestation exercise 
where I wrote a letter to like the universe asking for someone. Uh And like this guy was the person, I swear. He came came from your letter. (laughs) He came from my letter that I wrote. I wrote, I was eating dinner by myself and I was really sad because I was like, I feel really lonely. I don't know. Like maybe I'll just do like a manifestation exercise and see what Mm -hmm. happens. Like, and I listened to this episode of, I forgot what, I don't even know what it was. I just remember listening to something and it was saying like, write down everything you want in a soulmate. And then like, don't put any physical qualities on it because you could limit who you're actually have a soul connection with. I was like, that actually makes a lot of sense. Like, Mm -hmm. so I'll just try it. And then I ended up like two days later, I was looking for an apartment in New York and a broker brought me and this other guy to the same apartment to view the apartment. And that was him. Like I met him two days later in an apartment, randomly, like just the two of us, like, and a broker. (laughs) I can't make this up. Like it was Looking at your future apartment, basically. (laughs) Yeah, no, I was like, but at the time I didn't know that was him. I thought he was so Mm -hmm. gross. I was like, this is not... (laughs) He was like hitting on me and I'm like, ew. <laughs> like, no. You're like, I'm looking at an apartment. Like you're my competition. Get out. Yeah. But it was also like, we were like bantering back and forth. He's like, oh, like, so you think you're going to take my apartment? I was like, no, like this is my apartment. We were like making jokes, but mm-hmm. I was not attracted to him. I really wasn't. And I wasn't interested at all. And I was like, this guy thinks like he has a chance. Like it was, he, mm-hmm. he kind of like seemed interested and I was like, no. So I didn't like exchange numbers with him or anything. Um, No information, but I had my, okay. I don't know. He tells me a different story, but I had my Instagram open and I was like on my Instagram. And I think he was like next to me and kind of saw, because when I got home from the apartment, he DM'd me Mm -hmm. (laughs) and was like, Hey, like, by the way, I recognize you. I didn't want to say anything in person, but I, I used to follow you. And I'm like, you did not follow me. Like I have, a travel account that's so random like how did you know I don't know the whole thing was lovely but whatever I did I excused it but we got into a relationship eventually and um and that's that's how the date yourself and said brand came to be when we broke up I was like really heartbroken and I just I don't know it was like probably the hardest breakup I've ever had to go through okay I would love First of all, thank you for sharing that because it's not easy to, you know, just like publicly say I was devastated and I was broken and, you know, people always often like to seem like way, way tougher than they are. But like deep down, we're all just like, we all just like need a hug sometimes. Oh, so, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was going through it for sure. Yeah. So how did you deal with that breakup? Was that like the the toughest breakup you would say? Um. Yeah, for sure. I never really had... I would say I would get really sad over like the ending of a relationship for maybe a week or two. Like I wasn't ever really, I wouldn't say I was ever heartbroken to the point where it controlled like my day to day. Even Mm -hmm. when I was sad over a guy, like I would still be able to like get myself up and do things. And like with this, it was so different. I basically like some days I just like could not get myself out of my bed. Like it was debilitating. And I'm also like, I'm almost 30 years old. Like I was 27, 28 when we broke up. Um, Initially, we went through a few Mm -hmm. on and off situations, but I was, you know, that's not, I mean, it's young, I'm young, but I still had had a lot of experiences prior under Mm -hmm. my belt. So to like, actually deal with those emotions at this age, it was kind of weird for me. I was like, why am I so really like, so devastated? it was like something that I never really experienced before. So do you yeah. think what, what, what was the difference? Did you think you just, you were just like madly in love with him or what, what was the difference in this relationship? Why did it hit you so hard versus the other ones? Because I see myself also like, I'm in a happy relationship now, but like I had a relationship before that it was the same exact thing. Like once we broke up, I just completely lost my identity I lost my, and that's something that I didn't really share much my past. Like I lost who I was. I lost my will to live. Like I lost, I was like, you know, like now looking back, I was like, how would I, how was I ever, you know, in that, in such a bad state, but I also couldn't get out of bed and I didn't know what to do. And I actually wanted to have you on this podcast to just kind of like help people to realize that first of all, it's not the end, (laughs) like there's light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah. And I want to give them like actual tips, how to get yourself out of that mindset 
that you know life is just so hard and you're never gonna meet somebody else so like how did you finally just like got out of bed and like any like breakup steps like what was your breakup tell me about that one of the biggest takeaways from the healing process was you have to let yourself really go through the emotion and that sounds so annoying (laughs) in a way because it's like Mm. you don't want to feel miserable obviously Mm. you want to be happy and I just wasn't allowing myself in the beginning to feel anything. I was like trying to distract myself so much. Like I would go to the gym and post these videos like, oh, I don't give a shit about like Mm -hmm. this and like I'm fine and I'm going to like be a boss girl and like what? I don't know. I was posting these like (laughs) I mean, you're less boss. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, yeah, but I was just I don't know. Like I was posting these videos. I was forcing myself to do things when sometimes like it is really good to just let it all out like just Mm -hmm. let yourself be sad for a second if we're human like we have Mm -hmm. emotions like it's healthy to it's healthy to let your emotions out and if it's also harder when you see your partner thriving if you're not okay like if you are on social media and you see your (laughs) your ex is in a club like mm-hmm. partying and you're in bed hysterically crying like you're like why am i the one hurting and it's um, I, I just got a flash i just got a flashback of a situation <laughs> i'm sorry but, but go ahead I'm yeah i'm sorry <laughs> no I'm, it, it's all it's good common now. it's like it's yeah. common like you see that happen all the time where like one person is like fine fine on the surface or from what you're seeing and then the other person is like grieving and you're like, why am I the one who's heartbroken? Like, did this person even care about me? Did this person even love me the way that I love them? And you could get so hard on yourself because you're, you almost feel like you're weak. Like you're like, you're the mm-hmm. weak one in the relationship because you are having all these really hard feelings to deal with while the other person's like out popping bottles in a club. Mm-hmm. And, and like, the truth is like, they're going to eventually, those emotions are eventually going to catch up to them later. And I really Mm -hmm. believe that. And I, I think like through this healing process, I was like more patient with myself where I was like, you know what, I'm not going to force myself to try to be cool and like act like nothing's wrong and post it everywhere. Like I need to actually sit with my feelings and like heal. Mm -hmm. So I did that for about two months and it was definitely the hardest two months I've probably ever been through but that was what created the brand because Mm -hmm. I was like if I'm gonna go through this pain I'm gonna make use out of it like Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'm gonna like I'm gonna have to sit with this and deal with like this experience I'm gonna like use it for good eventually and like that's that was like the end goal like I was like I'm gonna use all the pain to like fuel like my creative side and like do something that's gonna like help people and yeah that's like I really believe another huge thing you could take from a breakup is like you can use your pain to be creative and like do something that you've always wanted to do. So like, if you look at it from that perspective, like all the sad music you hear, it's like all these artists who went through similar situations, you know? Mm -hmm. So it's like, could always use it for good. Yeah. I remember when I was going through my tough time, I remember when I was crying, like, you know, when you're crying so hard that like your you, your nose starts getting like all clogged, like your eyes mm-hmm. start burning, like it was like that. But as you said, you just have to let yourself experience those kind of emotions because they have to, they have to go out somewhere. And if you see your partner, like partying and all that, they're just trying to distract themselves and they're trying to put on this facade that they're totally fine. And that's why I always say, I'm very curious about your opinion on this, but I always say that you should like block your ex as soon as possible if you're like in the healing process because you don't want to see what they're doing. You don't want to see their friends. Every time you see their name in your story or all like you're going to create this idea that this means something. But also you're going to start posting content for him. As you said, like, oh, I'm in the gym. I'm a bad bitch. I'm all fine. And meanwhile you're like posting a a video and you're thinking about him. So literally everything you're doing is for him and he's still in control. So I want you to like take that control back and block him and know that doesn't mean that you're like weak or that you are uh, whatever people say, like, oh, they're going to think that they're winning because I blocked them because I'm so hurt. No, Mm -hmm. I think that you should just block them because you're in control of like the content you consume and Mm -hmm. you should like be in control of what you see on your screen. What do you think about blocking? Oh, oh yeah. 
I I have like so many videos on this on my TikTok. Like I really I believe in blocking. It's a you know I believe what? in it's, blocking. It's, 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 I believe I believe in blocking. But here's the thing: it could go. There's so many different like perspectives on this because it's really not a one size fits all thing. Mm. I remember like it depends on how it affects you, how they're how they are affecting you. If you really are affected by seeing them doing things and posting, I always say block them because if you're getting negatively affected by something, it's better to just not see it at all than like expose yourself to it and like ruin your day. Like, and it's totally fine to do that. And I've been there and I've done it before. Actually, it's like out of sight, out of mind type of thing for me where it has really helped my healing process. Like when I was going through the worst of it, he was blocked on everything. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't out of like anger. It was just like for my mental health. So Mm -hmm. it was, it was actually really, really helpful to not know what he was doing. And later, like I had spoken to him a few months later, we went no contact for a few months and my ex is blocked on literally everything. And like, he was blocked on Venmo. Like it was everything. Like I blocked him on everything. Cause like, cause I, I logged into my Venmo one day and I was like paying for something and I saw his name and I was like, gonna, I was like, no, I just like don't want to see I just don't want to see anything because I need to heal and I'm going to do what it takes to heal. And this is my way of healing. Like, it's not like to be extreme. It's just like, it's, I don't know, like everyone's different, but it was my way. Like, I didn't want to be reminded of him until I was okay enough to like deal with it. Mm -hmm. So I believe it depends, but, um, you know, I've been in situations that were not as serious with like guys where I didn't block them. And I just, I kind of like, got a little satisfaction out of them stalking me still like even though we weren't talking anymore and I would like get a little like I'd just be like all right like go look at my content like Mm -hmm. I don't really I know we're not going to be together anymore but you still look at my stuff every single day and it's just like it was like amusing to me so it's like an ego boost sometimes yeah (laughs) like honestly like it, it it's kind of just like yeah it makes you feel like okay well you're still a little bit invested in what I'm doing for some weird reason so like, it, yeah, it just depends. I would say it's a very case-by-case situation. I have a question about returning gifts or like getting rid of items that your ex bought you or like things that remind you of him. So I usually think that you shouldn't like return any gifts or anything like that if you are very emotionally attached to something, like put it away. I don't really throw it. I, I don't know. I don't think I really throw stuff out. Yeah, I just I just totally forgot where's all of my ex-boyfriend stuff. <laughs> what do you think yeah. about like keeping stuff or like, you know, sometimes people, you know, your ex buys you a nice bag or jewelry or this and that. Like I didn't get rid of Yeah. I didn't get rid of that. So <laughs> Well, honestly, I haven't had any boyfriends who've gotten me anything really expensive. Like, not gonna lie, like I really haven't. So I don't know how much I can contribute to this, but I will say like even like pictures or like I don't know I'm not I don't get attached to things I'm not sentimental I don't Mm -hmm. know why this is like maybe just a flaw of mine but I'm not very sentimental like I don't have trouble deleting things if you wrong me Mm -hmm. like I will clear out my phone like you're done like I will like take all the pictures we have together and just delete them like I don't have this like thing in the back of my head like oh well like, I'm gonna, like, I want these, like, to show my kids or something. Like, I don't know. I don't, yeah, think yeah, yeah. Of, <laughs> I don't think of things like that. Like, I know people have attachments to things like that. Like, memories mm. that are, like, not just gifts, but just, like, videos and pictures of your ex. Like, I always get that question, mm. like, how do you delete everything that you, like, had together? Because sometimes I'll go back and look at pictures, or sometimes I'll go back and look at, like, experiences we've had together. And I'm like, honestly if it's destroying your mental peace, like I always Mm. live by this motto, if it destroys your mental peace and doesn't make you feel good, just eliminate it from your like, your vortex. Like, yeah, it's so easy to go back and look at things. And then you get in like this rut all day of being depressed. And I just feel like it's, it's better to let go. And it's better let go of like, if your ex buys you something, and you're still holding on to it, and you don't think it's like, doing you any good for your mental health I don't know I just mm-hmm. I think it's important to like get rid of it if you're if you're not bothered by it and you're holding on yeah. to things and you're like whatever then like it doesn't matter but mm-hmm. if it's affecting yeah. you then you should like try to eliminate it uh, 
so when I was going through my tough times, like I was literally doing weekly therapy and I was in such bad shape that I, as I said, I couldn't get out of bed. I literally couldn't physically smile. Like my face could not smile. And what my therapist told me, (laughs) you don't have to be sorry. This is why why Bougie Bestie exists. Yeah. my therapist told me, and this is something I never shared, and I, I actually need to make a video about this. Um, they said you should physically smile, like smile. I know it sounds weird, but like when yeah. you're physically smiling, your body doesn't know if you're actually happy. It just like automatically shoots those serotonins in your head. And then she told me you have to um, dance for 30 minutes. And as we both established, oh God, I'm not so really funny. a dancer. But she's like, you just have to move your body. You have to show your body that it's okay to be happy because you're going through something so traumatic and your body is just like so tense and it doesn't, it doesn't even know how to feel. So when you're showing your body that it's okay to feel health, uh, happy and healthy, your body is going to start reacting like that. It's and then, true, yeah. And something what she also told me, she's like, you have to write down, what do you miss about him? Like not, not just like, you know, his hugs and whatever, like, what do you miss about having a relationship? Like, do you miss having a boyfriend? Do you miss having somebody to go to the movies with? Do you miss somebody to go to the grocery shop with? Like, what do you miss about him? And then try to do those things yourself, which is literally what your entire, you know, it's like date yourself instead, like do this for yourself. If you love sushi, why don't you go yourself like to a sushi restaurant and order your favorite food, your favorite wine, and you're going to enjoy yourself because you're going to see like, you should be, you know, you should love yourself first. So I would love to talk to you more about like, how did you finally let go of the past and start focusing on your own healing and like how do you get to that point because i'm sure a lot of girls who are listening to this they're going through a breakup and they just like don't know how like how do you actually start loving yourself because you know you're you're hurting i have i recorded an episode on this it's like called how to heal from a heartbreak and it's like those are basically the steps but like every like I feel like every person's experience is so different and like people message me all the time and they're like you know they tell me things that are so I in my from a comparison point of view it's like way worse than anything I've been through like people are married have family kids and like their husband walks out on them something like that where I'm like mm-hmm. oh my god like I could not even imagine but like all you can do is like understand that like everything really truly does have a purpose and like a meaning behind it. And every, I really believe in everything happens for a reason. I know like that's I have a, a tattoo that says everything happens for a reason. Yeah. I mean, it's like a, you know, <laughs> typical like thing to say yeah. to someone that's going through a hard time, but it's really hard to hear that when you're in the middle of it. Right. Like it's really hard to hear those words because you're in so much pain and you're like, why like, why the fuck would I have to go through something like this? Like, this is like, I'm a good person. Like I, why am I being tortured right now mentally? And it's like the biggest thing that I did to heal was really like, it was the patience thing for myself is like, if you're having a really, really hard time, one, like understand that it's temporary and that eventually this won't be the, like your reality anymore. And that your thoughts are creating your reality. So as much as you don't want to hear this, like, you replaying all the memories you have every day when you wake up in the morning is the reason you're so depressed is the reason that you can't move on. Right. And it's okay to like go through that grieving process, but there has to be like a turning point at some point where you're like, I'm sick of this. Like I need to heal. Like I want to be the best version of myself. Life is so short. Like I, I feel like it's so important to like recognize that like life is short and you like, you deserve to be happy. Right. So there was a turning point for me where I woke up and I was like, okay, I really, I can't be sad about this forever. And I need to take the steps to get myself to a really good mental place again, because I want to eventually find my soulmate and find someone that's going to love me and like value me, but I have to value and love myself first. And Mm -hmm. that's only going to come because you attract what you are. And like, I really believe that. So like, it's only going to come if I'm happy and I'm not laying in bed depressed. So Mm I know that I don't know. I feel like sometimes my advice is a little bit like very cutthroat and like No, I love it. I no, that's know. why that's why we get along because I <laughs> yeah. I think that you you have to give yourself time to 
you know, be in pain and cry. And if, if you want to listen to sad music and, and, you know, hang out with your friends, drink wine and cry, that's fine. But there's a time that you're like, okay, this is my life and I'm taking charge of what's going to happen from now on. And something I learned is like, when you are going through a breakup, you are physically experiencing withdrawal syndromes as if you're getting off a drug. So whenever you're going through, let's say his Instagram, or you're going through the photos, or you're going through something, you're, you feel like you are getting a hit. Like you feel like you're getting that dose that you're missing. So you feel like you're actually still in control. So whenever you're going through this, those photos, you kind of mentally like, okay, well, I'm still there. I'm still like in this relationship. But then you look around and then you're like, Actually, I'm not. And that's where the sadness hits again because the withdrawal hits again. So you have to be strong enough to actually decide, like, am I going to have this person control my life or I'm yeah. going to start taking control of my life? And it's it's hard. It really It's really, really hard. And it really sucks to go through a breakup because you didn't just lose a partner. You lost a best friend. Like you lost somebody you were planning your future with, you lost a friend group, you lost your habits, you lost a lot. So like, let yourself yeah. grieve a little bit. But then, you know, it's it's time to like, get back on your feet and kind of like take control. So what would you yeah. say is like, when you finally like started healing? And like, did you learn something new about yourself? Or like, how did you finally like, okay, well, this is me now? <laughs> like, how did you? Um, how did you I know learned- that you're like ready? Like you, you were kind of like feeling better. So I have, I have a lot to say on this because I, I did a lot of different things to heal myself. Like there, it wasn't a one, it wasn't like one cure, like one yeah, day, yeah. like I just woke up and I was like, oh, I'm fine. Like it was not like Miracle. that at all. It was a lot. Yeah. Like I wish it was that easy, but it took a lot of different types of like strategies to kind of like get myself to a place where I, it kind of built my character to what it is now, which is really cool. I just took all these different like healing experiences and like they all kind of shaped me over time. So like there was a whole period of time where I would not allow myself to miss the gym. And I had, I hired a trainer because I needed someone to push me other than myself. Cause I was like, I can't, I can't even get out of bed. Like I don't mm-hmm. know how to get out of bed because I'm so sad. And I just had someone else help me hold me accountable for a little bit where mm-hmm he was just like, okay, like I had to go like, because I yeah, had, he was there scheduled. and you're paying for him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it was an investment. Yes. I understand like people are on a budget and not like everyone has the like luxury of hiring someone to help them or like a, even a therapist or whatever. But if you do have those resources, like even if it's just a few times, like I highly recommend doing that if you're going through a rut, because it's not about your physical health. It's literally, I always say it's about your mental health and like the gym to me built my mental strength. Like I would go and this trainer would push me and like talk me through the breakup. (laughs) Like he'd be like, you're not getting back together with him. Like he would just say things. And I was like, yeah, I'm not getting back together with him. And like, I don't know, it really did help a lot. Like I would say like during that period of time, it really, I wasn't like, okay. Once I got home, like I would go back to feeling sad, but it was just important that even I had an hour or two of like, endorphins running through my body. So that was a really big thing for me that I, even if you don't have someone pushing you, like try to stay active and move your body because it's literally, it's scientifically proven. Like your hormones, like you get like happy hormones from working out. Mm -hmm. And I just, you can't like regret that. I want to just add something here now. Even if you can like have a trainer, find a friend, like have an accountability buddy and like have somebody to go to the gym every day or run or something like you can find people who are going to hold you accountable and who are going to make you leave your house and get ready and like get out of bed. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Let's continue. <laughs> no, great, great point. Yeah. Like totally. And I, I, um, I definitely like recommend that. I think that really was a huge, it was like the first step in healing and like actually getting to a place where I was like, all right, like, I feel a little bit better. Like, it's like maybe 5% better, but that's better than nothing at all. And then mm-hmm. um, I went to Mexico on a solo trip. I love that. Okay, uh, let's talk yeah. about that. That's so exciting. Tell me. Yes, I, I didn't plan on it. It wasn't 
it wasn't a planned trip. I, I booked it very last minute because I was circling my apartment every day in pain. Like I was like, and we like, my ex would like live with me basically. Like he wasn't living with me, but he would come over all the time. So it felt like our apartment mm-hmm. and it was not healthy for me to always be in there. So I would always go for walks. I would always try to like get outside and get moving, whatever. But like, I was like, I need to leave the country for a few days. So I was really scared to go by myself, but I've been to, I went to Tulum and I've been there several times before for work things. And like, I, I knew my way around and whatever. And then mm-hmm. I ended up getting there and I knew some people that I had met through social media that were staying there as well. But I did this, I did a solo trip. Um, and I did like a little spiritual retreat when I was there that was not planned either, but I met this woman who was like a spiritual guide and she like guided me through a meditation session and I was like sitting on the beach and I just started like sobbing my eyes out. Like I was just like letting out everything that I've bottled up probably since I'm like born. Like I'm mm-hmm. not, like it wasn't just the relationship that was causing yeah. me pain. It was the feeling of never feeling like I was enough for someone like that. I don't know. Like I just had these like crazy revelations when I was there mm-hmm. and I always validated myself through a guy instead of validating myself just by myself. Like I wasn't ever like looking within for like self-love. I was always looking for a guy to like give that to me. So went through some crazy healing experiences there. And when I got back to the US, I decided to start the podcast. So it kind of like all came together. Yeah, but, but it's not just the podcast. Like I've loved the videos you post. They're so empowering and the you know, like even when you're just like spinning around and like you put a, <laughs> a voiceover or something. Silly like five second videos. Yeah, but they're they're fun. They're just like easy to make. Um, but like I just take like things like off the top of my head. I'm like, oh, this would be like a good thing to write mm-hmm. and like share with people because even like because people have no patience on social media either you're just scrolling and like watching yeah. like really quick videos so those videos are really just like easy to like easy to read content and I think that mm-hmm. those were like a big piece of my content for a while because I wanted people to get the message and like if it made their day and like whatever that like I did my job so I was like all right like yeah mm-hmm. So something that you just said, interesting, you said that you were always looking for men to validate you instead of you validating yourself. I've been through the same thing. And it's like, we always think like, why am I not good enough? But instead of you should just change your mindset and be like, well, he's not good enough because he's not giving me all the things that I want. Because why do we Mm -hmm. always start questioning our own worth and our own sanity and our own like... Why do you think, honestly, I'm literally asking you, like, why do you think people question themselves so much instead of, why are they seeking that external validation instead of just like finding it in inside of themselves? I think it's a, I really do believe a lot of it has to come with like your parent dynamics as a kid and the way you received attention because- Mm -hmm. I vividly remember, but even before I had a boyfriend, I was always kind of looking for attention and I never got it in the way that I wanted it um, from my parents. So I think like when you grow up in a environment that might not be like emotionally nurturing in the way that you want to receive love, it can like affect your like mental state and also affect like your Mm -hmm. self-worth and your self-image. And it might be a little bit like deep and like to say that and whatever. And like, oh, like, you know, I learned a lot of this in therapy, whatever, but I, I don't know. Like, I, I feel like my relationship with my dad was closer than with my mom. So like, I would always get attention from my dad. And like, as a father figure, if you get attention from like your dad and not your mom, it's like, I don't know, it kind of like made me always, I think it kind of programmed my brain brain to believe like, if you get attention from men, like you're more worthy. Does that make Mm -hmm. sense? Yeah. yeah, I don't know. It was just, it was just, I don't really know the reasoning. I just know that like, I think that did really have an impact on the way I viewed myself. And um, now like I'm definitely closer with my parents and my mom and everything, but like that took a lot of like time. And I think, Mm -hmm. I don't know, it just made me feel good when a guy would give me attention. And like, if they weren't giving me attention, I would be like, what's wrong with me? You know, like, Mm -hmm. am I not attractive? Am I this, am I that? Instead of being like, I'm so amazing. Like, why do I care what someone else has to think Mm -hmm. of me and like why do I care how a man values me like I don't know it's just it was always like that for me and 
I think that's why I think it does stem back from the way you had a relationship with your mom and dad. I do believe that, but I can't like say it applies to everyone. That's just my experience. Yeah, no, I a hundred percent agree. Like sometimes when you see, when you start dating a guy and if you hear him talking negatively about like his parents or like you see, there's so much unresolved trauma inside of that. And it's, it's, people need to deal with their trauma. I feel like life would be so much better if people would just like own up to their traumas and deal with them. And I don't know if, if, uh, if you know this, I have a tattoo here on my wrist saying know your worth. Oh, I love that. I was going through the same, you know, feelings like I'm not good enough. Like if I just did this, this would happen. If I just changed myself that much, like that would happen. If I was pleasing him in a different way, like, but then you have to just realize that you guys are just not compatible. And sometimes like you just know that you guys are not meant to be and you don't trust yourself and you don't trust your intuition. And that's something that you also talked uh, a lot about on your socials about trusting your intuition. So I would love to talk more about that. Like, why do you think that we don't like, we know something is not good for us, but then we're like, okay, well maybe they're going to change. Maybe if this, maybe if that, but deep down, you always really know what's good for you and what's not good for you. Yeah. But sometimes you're like, Oh, maybe we're just, I don't know. I think we're just kind of scared to see the reality. We're scared to like, leave because we're afraid that we're never going to find anything better than what we have in front of us. I like, otherwise we would leave because like, if you know that there was something better for you, like waiting for you, if there was like this, like amazing health, if you knew you were going to be like in this in like perfect marriage, right. Mm -hmm. With like your dream partner and like 90% of the time, like, I mean, obviously nothing is technically perfect and we're all human. And like you, you're going to go through hard times with your partner, regardless if like you're in a healthy relationship or not. But like, if you knew there was something better for you waiting for you, like handed to you right now, and you're like, look at what your future is going to be. If you could see your future, I don't think you'd be as scared to like leave something that's really bad and toxic for you. But it's mm-hmm. that unknown leaping into the unknown and being like, what am I going to do without this person is like terrifying. And I still struggle with that because it's like, if you have someone that you care about on someone you love, it is, it's not really that easy to just like be like, all right, well, Sometimes it's like, I know it's not right for me deep down, but like, mm-hmm. I don't know. I I struggle with this question, actually, like just of like being able to yeah. leave someone that you really care about, even though, you know, you know, it's not right for you and your intuition's telling you something's off. Like it's really, it's easier said than done for sure. Um, yeah, but I, think- I do have to, I have to add that women's intuition is always right. If you it's know how to right. listen to it, if you know how to listen to it and if you... You know, sometimes maybe you like we it's are always right, some, except for, for except for sometimes. sometimes except for it's always like it's always right if you are like self-aware and if you are aware of like maybe what's your triggers and what are your traumas from the past. And if, you know, th- then you should listen to your intuition. But like sometimes, you know, some girls like go crazy if their boyfriend is, you know, out with their friends and his phone actually powered off. But they think that he's cheating because his her ex-boyfriend was cheating and she maybe didn't go through that yet like I I know that happened to me so oh yeah I (laughs) yeah I mean honestly though like valid though that's like totally understandable I yeah I was gonna say like I had a lot of trauma from other relationships that I kind of carried into like my last relationship and he I was convinced he was cheating on me once and like Mm. I saw this girl that like he was following or something and I was like I'm gonna message her and I like message I oh my god I messaged her I was like my intuition's always right and like she was like what are you talking about like I, don't, I haven't spoken to this person in like three years and I was like never mind sorry like never mind, just <laughs> yeah she was like what like what do you mean like I haven't I don't even know this like they, I have no idea what you're talking about and I could tell she was being honest. Like she was like yeah. very, con- she was just confused. And I was like, never mind, like false alarm. So like, there are things that you can actually bring into your healthy relationships if you've been through a lot of things. And like, it's totally okay. Like if you have a healthy relationship now, like your partner will be able to figure it, you'll, you'll be able to figure it out, you know, but mm-hmm. it's funny. Like, I think we all have that little tendency to like, get a little paranoid sometimes. Um <laughs> 
Yeah, because like we we like you know PTSD is a real thing. Like you you know if you went through something traumatic and if you know you feel betrayed by your partner, like you're gonna be scared to feel that again. There's something that I really want you to speak a little bit more, and then we're gonna wrap it up. It's about like loving yourself and like protecting yourself and valuing yourself. Do you have any like specific tangible advice for girls that they they can do like today? to like kind of like love themselves a little more. Yeah, I love well, first of all, I love setting time aside for myself to really know myself better without any distractions. So like even like a 15-minute meditation in the morning, if you don't have a lot of time and like you have a lot of things going on during the day, I highly recommend just taking some quality time for yourself with no distractions if you can to really like reflect on the person you want to be and the person you envision yourself being in like one year, two year, three, three years from now. Like, I think that also, it makes you feel so amazing when you know, like how many possibilities there are in the world and like what you can do in this lifetime to just kind of like be your best self. And we don't think about that on a daily basis. We get so caught up in like the, Oh my God, is he going to text me back? Or like, Oh my God, like, like, does he like me? Or does my boyfriend love me? Like we get caught up in those thoughts versus like the thoughts of, who am I going to be today? And like, how am I going to show up in the world and be my best self? Because life is short. Like I always, I always say life is short because I just know like from personal experience, I've wasted a lot of time on things that didn't really matter in the long run. So I think taking that step of like centering yourself and like really making yourself a priority and like just focusing on you, like focusing on how you want to show up in the world every day. It really did help my growth and like my healing journey. Um, and that's something anyone could do. Like you don't need any really like tools to do that. You know, you could mm -hmm. literally turn on a podcast or like a YouTube meditation and just reflect. So yeah, that that's what helped me a lot in my healing journey. Like YouTube at that time, I wasn't into podcasts back then, but like YouTube and just like educating yourself why you feel the way that you feel and realizing that it's totally fine and it's normal. And like, yeah, this part of your life ended, but how exciting, like how many more things you can experience now, you know, maybe your ex-boyfriend didn't like you traveling with your girlfriends. Like now you can travel wherever you want. Now you can go wherever you want. You can do whatever you want. And I feel like girls are sometimes so stuck in like, oh, this is what I lost instead of focusing, this is what I gained. I gained so much freedom. I gained experience and, you know, this experience I had, whether it's positive or negative, it did shape you in a certain way and it did have to happen for a reason. And um, yeah, I mean, later on, you're going to see why things happened the way they did. But like, it takes yeah, time. <laughs> definitely. Looking back now, I'm like, oh, like, I totally get it. But there was a whole period of time where I was like, this is torture. So yeah, just know that it does, it does eventually <laughs> make sense. <laughs> it does for sure. I wanted to thank you again for being a part of the Bougie Best Friend podcast. Yeah, I would thank love you for, for having you. Me. Of course. I uh, tell everybody where they can follow you. I'm going to drop your links in the show notes, but please go ahead. Yes. You can follow me on Instagram and TikTok. Um, my TikTok is really the, where all the dating content is. Um, it's just Atlas, L-Y-S-S, super simple. I love and my that. podcast, Date Yourself Instead, is on Spotify and Apple. Amazing. Thank you, Liz. Yeah. And thank, thank you, everybody, you. for listening to another episode of Bougie Best Friend Podcast. And I'll see you next time.